This is Caroline Williams, Red River Rock and Roll from Burke Burnett, Texas. You're listening to Midwest Monsters. I'm sorry, I picked this topic. I love this movie. It's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're going to go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. Sorry, but that's <laughs> Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now, here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another enthralling episode. <laughs> I'm Ron word Burgundy? Question mark. Uh, Fuck you, Sandy. <laughs> an engaging episode of the Midwest Monsters podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Grizzly Admir, joined by Mad Jan, and I'm kind of hot toddy at this point. All right, he's warmed up just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, good to have you with us here again in this cold, cold December evening. Um, it's about a, it's a balmy eight degrees here in Muncie, Indiana. And, uh, we, we up to eight? <laughs> I think so. I think so. And, uh, we are gathered around the table tonight to talk about, uh, it's kind of a unique, it's kind of a unique subject. Yeah. We've, we've done, uh. We've done the decade of horror. Yeah. We've done 78, 78 to 88. Yeah. But tonight we're focusing on one year. Yeah. One year only, and that is 1988, and that is chosen by our friend Hot Toddy. Yeah. And uh, tell us why you chose this year. Um. Well, f- for me, it's just one of the best years for movies, period. And then horror movies, period. And then uh, as we started doing this, I, I started questioning... Maybe it was also the fact that I was 10 years old because I was born in 78. Um, oh, him old. <laughs> I think uh, I think I was in fourth grade around this time. So th- third grade uh, is kind of when I remember starting to uh, do more movies on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started buying a little magazine I never heard of called Fangoria. Ooh. Uh, so some of the movies that I'm reading about came out a year later in 88. Um. I definitely started seeing film. Um, and this was them good years of Pangoria. Yeah, it was really good years. Um, you know, I would just, what we call the dollar cinema was a few blocks from my house. So yeah. I would just almost every night go down there by myself with friends. It didn't matter. Love going to see the movies. Oh, man. Do you remember the dollar cinema? Oh, sidewalk, The sidewalk cinema. Well, those are two different things. No, no, no. The, what we originally called the dollar cinema was the sidewalk cinema okay. on the promenade. What was the cinema uh, in the the Hastings Plaza? The mall cinema. That was the mall. You're right. It was the mall cinema. Yeah. Yep. So the sidewalk cinema. Sidewalk was... cinema we refer to as the dollar cinema. It was the yep. cheap cinema. You're right. Exactly. 
exactly. It used to be the old Tivoli Gardens yeah. uh, store before the bomb blew up Richmond. The thing I told her, <laughs> the thing I was talking to Hot Toddy about was in this cinema, guys, there were two screens, real butter, and you had to go downstairs to oh, go to the bathroom. That bathroom was it was so, so creepy. <laughs> there was a swordfish on the wall in the lobby. Which I always thought was from House. The movie House. <laughs> It was wood grain, which I mean, when have you ever been in a movie theater with shitty wood grain? Oh my god, dude! This was not—I mean, this was that theater, son. Oh man, like and Carl would sit there. Yeah, Carl would sit there at that little ticket booth right inside and watch you and talk to you. And oh man, it was—it was the best place to go. It was a good spot. And you loved it. I mean, you—you were probably there more than the two of us combined. Yeah, and, and and this is uh like for me I know people now which I guess blu-ray or whatever you have for your kids. I didn't we didn't even have a VCR so you <laughs> wanted to watch a movie more than once, you went to multiple showings. Right. 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 So that's good. I mean 88 you were 10. Um you know in 88 I was finishing kindergarten. Yeah. We were learning about Mr. M with the munching mouth and like, That's right. And uh like uh, I love the letter people. Yeah, you know, oh, letter yeah. people were it, man. But you know, playing in sandboxes and they, we went to the same. We were uh, Grizz and I are in the same grade at the same elementary school, preparatory school, whatever you call it. And uh, so yeah, man, we were kind of there. Yeah. It wasn't until a couple years later, honestly, that I started getting into horror movies. So I mean, let's talk about '88 um, and our lives and and. Uh, Toddy here is talking about going to the the sidewalk cinema, the dollar cinema. But let's talk about the the real thing. Talk it's, about the culture that allowed him, as a ten year old boy, to walk to the <laughs> cinema, right. like six blocks or not more, I think, from his house. Uh, it's back when we were tougher, <laughs> you know. We could do things like that, yeah. and, and kids didn't have peanut allergies, <laughs> you know. No, but I want to talk about. Um, talk about this was video store culture yeah well that that was that was a big part for me um my my walls were plastered again it, it's sad i i notice i noticed my front two rooms have a lot of 88 posters in them but i i think this is when i started going to the video store and i'd, I'd get my name in there on you know everything from like slumber party massacre 2 to so like Pumpkinhead, Night, like real quick let's 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 take this reference back for some of you that don't know what he means by getting his name on is when the video store was out of a movie, you had to physically walk up to a clerk and request that you be the next person allowed to rent this movie and hope that nobody else was in front of you. Well, and, and same way with our, like the, the artwork and stuff, you know, if you could get your name in, you can get something. I used to have so many like awesome standees and posters and it's sad. I got rid of them. And, and what do I do as an adult? I start buying them back. Buying them again. That's right. That's right. I don't know where his really cool standees went to. I bought boxes of posters and standees off of him, and I got a bunch of Dolph Lundgren. Standees. You had Surf Ninjas, sir, <laughs> in there. That's a good one. I also got a. That's where I got my Glory Days poster, my Chasing Amy poster. Dream a little dream. Yeah, I did get Dream a little dream from that. Yes. Which is autographed now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Um, Let's talk about that. Uh, let's let's stay with that. Let's talk about that video store culture real quick because I mean we kind of talk about it a little bit if, in certain shows here and there, but it really was a thing. And Professor Wax, I've always waxes about you know about 
going down and he was only allowed to rent one movie and he'd pick a we'd look at the boxes and that was a thing i mean that really was a thing for us and kids today and i i I don't want to sound old or wax like that but it's true man like they don't get the it, they don't get the the thrill of just going down and discovering oh, something because you're only going to see what your Netflix queue wants you to see. We like if to, they want you to, yeah. if they're going to push these 23 certain movies, you may not stumble across some, but hitting that video store, man, that's where you found them B titles. There was 23 movies that came out a week. Yeah. Right. During the VHS. On average. Zoom. Yeah. It was nuts. It was, it was the wild west of movies, yeah. you know? And, and I mean, just to think we would go to the video stores to just, stare at boxes Mm -hmm. we'd go if you didn't get even if you weren't going to be allowed to rent something your parents are scoping out the store and you're going just to stare at boxes and read them and pick them up and look at the pictures on the back you know the the gimmicky ones like uh like the dead pit where you could push the button and their eyes would light up yeah or like the big box like those always drawed me yeah uh, but you would go to stare at movie boxes and video game boxes of mm-hmm. all the stuff you was yeah. never gonna be allowed to rent. All the stuff you wanted, like <laughs> yeah. that was a thing, right? Like whether it was uh, the actual, you had to pull the box off the shelf, or they had the little tag, the little tag, like little son, yeah, tag. It, it made your day when you went in, and that thing you were looking for yeah. is that little tag, and that little tag's hanging on the wall. You're like, oh, I'm gonna watch this finally, man. Like, oh, dude. And video stores were everywhere. There were video stores. There were rental places inside the grocery stores. Yep. There were people who converted rooms of their houses yep. into video stores. There were people like my dad who bought out a video store when it closed. Which one? Bennett Video? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no joke. Nice. That was a guess. That was good. Down at the end of that the end of Hose Apple. Exactly Rose. right there, man. I spent many a times with uh with my cousins Christopher and Eric and yeah. Devin Condor. Yeah. They were just Devin, standing there. When Devin's mama sold, when they started selling out, my my pop went down there and bought hundreds yeah, man. of VHS. I stood in that little house that was a video store just staring at titles. Well, and, and, and you know, something that people probably don't realize either, the average movie was $100. So so this isn't stuff Kmart and Walmart and stuff was carrying. It wasn't a thing back so, then. So you you had to pretty much rent it or, or you waited a while for that to, to be a cheap price of $25. Like uh, what's a it's it's called sell through, like you guys you get things day and date now that are that are that were sell through and very few things were sell through back then. Like Home Alone was sell through. Yeah, I, I feel like even uh like for a while even Disney movies and stuff were, yeah. were pretty pricey. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and like I said, I know there's folks listening that are older than us, and you've got even fonder memories, man. But you'd go back through and you'd see a movie in the theater, it would stay in the like good movies stayed in the theater for. Six months, a year. Oh man, it, it was sometimes. almost a year to come to come to video. Right, and then you'd have another year before it hit VHS. Totally. And then you'd have another two, three years before it hit cable. Yeah. So VHS was a booming market. Yeah. And they it was and VHS was er, and video stores were built into a marketing plan. Oh yeah. That now they're completely restructured to the point where it's like we want to get the product into as many hands for twenty bucks as we can get. Yep. And right. make less money. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think for me the biggest thing was uh was kind of like the discovery. So and 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 some of the you know, some of the films I didn't start until like uh I'm trying to think like Creepshow two would be a great example. I I'd never seen Creepshow and then Creepshow two came out, which made me aware that there's a Creepshow. Yep. And then I would go to my video store and lo and behold there's Creepshow. 
or like Halloween 4, which came out, you know, in 88, which we'll talk about later. But I knew what the first one was, had never seen two or three. You just go in and you see all these like, uh, you know, like many, many chapters of films I hadn't seen. At, at one point, I thought Friday the 13th, the final chapter was actually maybe the seventh or eighth film. I didn't realize it was part four. But you would you would just go in and uh, movies that didn't get to play in our town. Like I remember a big one for me was Silent Night, Deadly Night, because that that box. Oh, uh, and and, and hand hanging out the that was eighty eight, was it? it? It wasn't, but, oh, it, but you know, it, it was just oh, one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was banned for for multiple reasons, and and well, I'm telling you, a young boy, I, I was drawn to many of the uh, the uh, movies that uh, I, they, they knew how to suck you in. Well, that's the thing. Looking at uh, at this list for the for the show tonight, I looked at the list and like, while there were like twenty five movies I'd never heard of, I knew the box art mm-hmm. because I grew up staring at it. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, yeah, definitely. And there's some that, like, we've talked a few times on here. Like you, you've seen that artwork so much yep. that that's how we identify with things. Oh yeah, and. uh and we remember that artwork that since has been changed because we were that video store. Like the best one that it's from 88 was the child's play. The child's play box art changed drastically. Yeah. But the well, one- you know, they, they marketed the film as, as it could be Andy when, when it originally was released. Right, so, right. You know, Chucky's eyes were on the poster, but it was, it was focused on. Well, initially it was, just, it was the lightning bolt in the apartment building with the broken window and, then Chucky's eyes came in, then a later incarnation, and then they started billing everything. I mean, when, when it came to video, Chucky. it was Chucky's one mean SOB with Chucky prominently on, on the cover. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, so let's set the stage. Um, I, uh, because I'm the history nerd, I want to talk about a little historical context of what was happening. Uh, and then... Uh, yeah, it was 1988. <laughs> Toddy, I want you to talk about uh, some other non-horror films at the time, just to set the stage. Two of the biggest things going on at the time, 1988, a leap year. So that means it was also an Olympic year, but it was also an election year. Yep. And that was the year that George Herbert Walker Bush took office. Uh, we had just came out of eight years of Reagan and Reaganomics. Uh, yeah. Voodoo, Voodoo economics. economics. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's interesting too, to set the stage, but this would set up, uh, you know, almost, uh, yeah, this is a 20-year dynasty where there was a Bush. No, further. This was a 20, 28-year legacy where there was a Bush or Clinton in the White House. Think about that. That's too much Bush. Yeah, for sure, which I never thought I'd say. <laughs> but uh, Herbert Walker Bush was Reagan's vice president. Yep. Then he became president. Only lasted a four-year term. Mind you, the only four-year term in our lifetimes. Yeah. Think about that. Mm-hmm. He uh, he discredited ch- children in MTV. Rock the vote. <laughs> he he missed the boat on that one. Yeah. And he said no new taxes. And then he raised taxes. No new taxes. No, read my lips. No <laughs> new taxes. Right. So so Herbert Walker Bush comes in. Um, when you say it like that, I, I keep picturing like Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Chuck Norris for president. Another huge thing that impacted our country that year was that was the year crack hit the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, crack is not whack. Wait, yes, it is. Which might also explain why a 10-year-old kid walked everywhere by himself. Because <laughs> right. everyone was consumed on crack. <laughs> right. Because it's this, it's this interim safe period where... Uh, crack was ruining Harlem. Richmond, Indiana, we were still kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, we were chill. <laughs> we were chill. So, yeah, man, you got you got George Bush, President Crack, taking over. That's the historical critical context. Tell us about other cinema. Uh, so just uh, just a few films here, but like 1988, non-horror. Uh, we saw Big with Tom Hanks. Great film. Coming to America, one of my favorites. One of my uh, favorites of all time. A Fish Called Wanda, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yep. Rain Man, what? Die Hard, what? The Naked Gun, Big Business, Hairspray, Willow, Scrooged, Willow, Scrooged, Young Guns, Twins, Damn. The Land Before Time, and again, one of my favorites, The Great Outdoors. What a lineup. Oh, definitely. That's, just, a, that's a short list. That's There's our, many more great films. That is our youth. Yeah. Oh, if, yeah. That, that literally, that's my youth. Those, yeah. those films right there. Yeah, what a lineup. Music wise, I mean, like again, like nothing, nothing was really pigeonholed in the eighties because like the top ten was like Guns and Roses and George Michael, and so there there wasn't like one thing that like dominated really. Was that the year of Faith? Yeah, Faith was number one <laughs> after George Michael left Wham. Yeah, he was still on. heterosexual. That's the as I quote my fingers. <laughs> Air quotes. Oh man. So I let's... love Freedom ninety. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about these horror films yes, yes man these horror films that defined hot toddy's lifetime um let's just you know throw well and and, and something else i was telling chad too is and he brought up that you know movie played for almost a year it took a minute to come out on video so there's a lot of great films from 87 that were new to me on home video so like you know, like Friday the Thirteenth, Jason Lives, um, a lot of a lot of great films like that too. Yeah, that I hadn't heard of because, you know, like I said, I, I more started going. Like I, I think I saw Hellraiser maybe the year before. As a kid. granted, just shows that my parents let me go see whatever I wanted. That good parents. That's good parenting. That's that good parent. Well, I, I mean, some of the the films when you run down the eighty eight films, I mean, you know. It was a good year. You, we can just talk. I mean, we could just list off directors, and you've got Beekler, you've got Holland, you've got uh, Lamberto Baba, you've got Ruggiero Diodato. I mean, like you've got huge names that year. Yep. And the films to go with Amanda. So Todd, give us some of your run down some of your eighty eights. I, I think a good one to start off. Not not straight up horror. Um, I didn't know until actually till Wes Craven died, but uh, Wes Craven was slated to direct this movie. But instead, Tim Burton did Beetlejuice this year. Ooh. Um, Beetlejuice and uh, an- another one, not quite horror, but I mean, you can't not talk about Elvira, but Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Yeah. Came out in 88. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, th- those I uh, Elvira, I don't really, I, I think it might have p- came and went. Um, it was more of a, I burned up the home video release. But Beetlejuice, I I literally saw that movie probably like a hundred times. One one night alone, I saw it five night five times in a row. <laughs> and again, I didn't have VCR, so I would, it would end. I'd just go back in and see it again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, great movie, Beetlejuice. That's how we used to do things, kids. We, oh yeah, we used to go see movies multiple times in the theater. Mad Chan, looking at that list, 
Was, oh, give one a of my, shout out. Give one of my favorites out. is on this list, the blob. Oh, oh man, so good. Yeah, the eighty-eight blob is the eighty-eight blob is one of my favorites, man. Chuck Russell really delivers with that movie, and I said that when we talked about it in a previous yeah. episode, man. So eighty-eight was eighty-eight was that good year. So my first shout out and my favorite on this list. I give it to you. I'm not even burying the lead. I give it to you right up front. It's as the blob, dude. So good. And he had I like a so much. He was like back to back too, because that was straight from Nightmare Three. Yeah. Uh, looking at this list, I gotta say, one of my favorite horror movies of all time, Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Yeah, there you go. Man, Rick Baker, right? Yeah. yeah. No, Stan Winston. Stan Winston. Gosh darn you're it. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Stan Winston. Can't, direct. I was going to say, uh, Rick, Rick Baker's probably on this list somewhere, just not directing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But man, Pumpkinhead. Yeah. Just the masterpiece. So thank you, 1988, for that. <laughs> I, I, th- I think uh, if we're going to talk about FX, uh, Kevin Yeager, which is one of my favorite guys. Yes. But Nightmare 4 and Child's Play, both 1988. Yep. I got to say, Nightmare 4, one of my least favorites in the oh, series. Oh, that's one of my faves. Rennie Harlan? You're not, you're not a big Rennie Harlan fan? Not into them Die Hard. <laughs> no, I like Die Hard, but Not boy, Nightmare Four yeah. just didn't do You're much right. for me. Uh, but yeah, Child's Play. Come on, let's let's give a second. Oh, dude, Child's Play. Okay, let's give it. I mean, Child's Play was awesome. It really was. Like the the moment I saw when when uh, Catherine Hicks is holding the doll up, like right there, and she's like, "Talk to me." Or I'll throw you in the fire. He's like, you're not going to throw me in the fire. He calls her a bitch, and she drops the doll and rolls oh, under the couch. Yeah. Immediately as a child, that was it. I was done. That's, that had me gone. Dude. I, I have to say for uh, for Child's Play, my, my first memory, and, and again, I, I think I'd seen some write-ups on it. I, like, I was a weird kid that liked, liked the making of shit. But uh, for my first my first experience with Child's Play was we went to uh, the, the more high-end theater, where we only had six uh, six movies playing <laughs> right, at one time. Right. So, uh, and the first theater was Child's Play. Mohayan? And Theater 6 okay. all the way down at the end of the building was what we went to see, which was High Spirits. Oh, yeah. that's Also 88. Favorites. I've never seen it. So uh, we go see High Spirits. I went with my mom. My mom, not a fan of horror films. I remember that while we were watching this movie, we kept hearing screams from Theater 1 from Child's Play, which... Just sealed the deal for me. I was like, I don't know what that movie's about, but I have to see it. And and when I did go see it, it was a packed house. And I just remember everybody fucking screaming, which which made the movie even better. Nice. Nice. Right on. Uh, my second pick? Uh, my 88 second pick? Um, man, where do I go? You know, I'm just going to I'll throw it out there. And we've talked about it before. Um, Return of the Living Dead 2. Sequel to one of my favorite films of all time. Do you mean a remake of <laughs> one of your favorite films of all time? Return of the Living Dead 2, man. It's I, like, I, they're like, hey, let's take everything we like about one, try and do it again. So James Karen and yeah, some of these guys back right, in here. Right, right. Like, no, man, I did. Like, uh, Return of the Living Dead 2 was that year, and I, I liked that movie, man. I really did. We talked about it before. It's the... Everything about Return of the Living Dead, like we talked about it, like getting later on into raving from graves and things. Oh, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't my favorite, but then again, I'm not, you know, the first one's so iconic to me. The second one is right up there. Right. Yeah, man, the second one is like, they just, to me, they I, they they tried to make lightning strike twice. 
but it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, compared yeah. to the rest of the sequels, yeah. you know. I always thought two was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. Night of the Demons. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, come on. I mean, we talked about it on one of our Night of yeah. uh, mashes, but man, Night of the Demons is a great film. Great film. Uh, Linnea Quigley. American Cave. I mean, yeah, it's, this is a great film, and, and it just really captures the feel of, of 1988 horror and how it should be. And, and I think, too, uh, you know, and I, I could be just not thinking of some stuff, but with neither demons and wax work. This is the first movies that I realized that, uh, where they actually were like, all right, so we had to cut a lot of shit, but this stuff was awesome. And so that it kind of introduced the unrated versions. Yeah. Um, those two had prominent unrated versions featured on in the video store shelves. I can't really think of a uh, years before where, where that was a thing. Usually shit got cut. It just, it went in a trash can and was gone forever. Right. When yeah, when she hit that cutting room floor, like they never thought they were gonna need that again, right? And now we, we th- it's like there's all thriving industry. It's like no, we want to see everything, but we didn't get a lot of that from back then. Yeah, waxwork is a great point, and uh, based on when this episode airs, you will have either heard our mash discussing waxwork, or it will be coming up. But yeah. I mean, waxwork is a great film. It's it's really good and it and it's uh you know it's a lot of fun and it uh, what I like about it is that it harkens back to a lot of classic horror movie things. So like to talk about some of these classic horror movie things in 1988, I think it it it's uh it's a firm foundation, you know, I think it it shows you like oh, we can talk about fantastical things i mean we talk about you think about house of wax right you think about wolfman you think mm-hmm. about uh other elements that went into mummy yeah. mummy exactly yeah. all of these things that went into wax work they were just calling you back calling you back to the classic stuff but yet putting a, a modern for the time twist on it it was great and i think it it, it really defines a year like 1988 in the horror genre I think I think another movie for me that uh the top solicits and 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 again um this is kind of my way into the franchise here never heard of Phantasm in my life and I started seeing posters come up for Phantasm 2 Ooh. um I still hadn't seen Phantasm went to see part 2 I really didn't need to see it at that point um eventually I went backwards and watched but man Phantasm 2 I just fell in love with the it's probably actually like my favorite in the franchise to be honest um other than i mean for it to be perfect they could have kept some of the same actors but with it being a big budget studio film didn't didn't get much of a choice but it was my introduction to the tall man and and the phantasm franchise so definitely one of my favorites uh if you look at 88 can i build off of phantasm real quick oh build off phantasm i'm gonna build off of two so go ahead well i'm sorry yeah well well two but uh you know, I had seen Phantasm 1 and didn't care much about it. But then one time, Hot Toddy came to the house. Mm-hmm. Matt Chan, you were there. I was there, I remember. And, oh, this is, this is another recording session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he, Scream Factory just released Phantasm 2. And so I woke up in the morning after we'd been recording and drinking a lot. And I come out, and uh, Hot Toddy is on my couch with no pants on, watching Phantasm 2. 
and my dog is barking at him because he wants to go out. But Todd says, I don't know what you want, buddy. <laughs> I can't help you. You got to talk to me. You got to talk to me. Talk to me or I'll throw you in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> so I let the dog out and I sit down and, and Todd's watching Phantasm 2. And at that point, I had not given much credit to Phantasm 1. But watching Phantasm 2, especially that Scream Factory release, made me go, Oh shit, there might be something to this. And so retroactively, it made me go back and check out Phantasm, which is a series I love now. Uh, Phantasm 1 is great, but I'm with you, Todd. Phantasm 2. It's it's not a coincidence that it came out the same year that Crack did, because it's a gateway drug. It (laughs) is. It is, because they're all nuts. Don Coscarelli is nuts. Those movies are nuts, and I love it. And so, yes, Phantasm 2. man seated right there in 1988 it, it just fits it's nuts uh the thing i wanted to build on um we were talking about phantasm 2 is 88 man was ripe with sequels yeah and like just looking at this list right here the curse 2 came out that year uh friday 7 fright night 2 halloween 4 hellraiser 2 with hellbound howling 4 um, <laughs> we were already up to Demons Three, Phantasm Two, Poltergeist Three, Return of the Living Dead Two, Sleepaway Camp Two, I, I, Zombie Three. I mean, it was a good year for sequels too. Yeah, like it had some decent sequels that came out of it. And and, and some of those you mentioned, which again, video store culture. I think this is the time where, uh, you know, almost a decade before these kind of film, a lot of them would be uh, drive-in classics, I guess. And then in 88, kind of started becoming, you know, maybe it didn't play theatrically, so we had straight-to-video started coming out of the, like, like Sleepaway Camp 2 and, and Curse well, 2. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, speaking of video store culture and sequels, Sleepaway Camp 2 is an iconic that The box alone, oh, you had me sold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were in on that box. Angela with a backpack with a hockey mask and a Freddy glove. Such a ripoff, not in the movie, but it pulled you in. And they know, and then you know, three was just a pair of big titties and a knife. So, right, good marketing people. Oh, seriously, man, they, they killed it. Um, uh, anything you want to say? Anything about Sleepaway Two? Um, go ahead. I, I, I actually liked two pretty well. Um, not as good as one. I have one's one of my favorites, and. I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's become even more like like Felissa just can I don't know. She's got a place in my heart. So one has always been one of my favorites of all yeah. time. Right. And so I mean two two is fun. Two and three are fun. Yeah. But they're just not the same. Yeah, could you I you know, I I, I wonder like again, like if they would have just got Felissa and, and I and I actually like uh is it Pamela Springsteen yeah, versus Pamela sister. Springsteen, yeah. The boss's sister. Yeah. Yeah. And we also had Renee Estevez in there, too. I want to throw that out there. <laughs> nice. So, other yeah. sequels from that year that were important. I, I, I I'll say one, and, and again, uh, it's a Scream Factory release at this point, but uh, in 88, I watched the shit out of Curse 2. Um, not as great as I remember it, but uh, I don't know if is you've... That, is that sequel to Curse 1? It, it is, but... Well, this one's... It was actually called The Bite, and then they... They did the marketing thing where they were like, 
what else know, do we have? And, I don't and know they, anything about these movies. Yeah, so they threw Curse Two on it, but it's uh, Jill Scolan is in it. You know, Scream Queen. Her boyfriend gets bit by a uh, like a toxic snake, and he, his hand actually starts becoming a snake. Um, yes. The scene I remember most, and and this is another movie that was unrated. Uh, what I remember most though, and and it still stands up actually, is he starts like vomiting all these snakes onto the car. Ooh. Um, I don't like that. But you know, um, watching it now, it's not as great. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Medjin. You got one? Um, I not a not going along with the sequels. Oh, come on, let's stick with the sequels. Ah, man. Before okay, we move on. Before we move on, Before because we there's move love on, is well, I gave about. I gave you my one was already returned to. So looking at the lists, well, okay, Friday Seven. All right, first appearance of Kane Hodder. Yes, as Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Um, yeah, which one which of my favorite that? Survivor girls, Lara Park Lincoln. Which would have, I mean, the, the introduction of Kane Hodder would have major implications right. for, for the rest of our life as horror fans. Right, and it, it, some would say because it's, we took the supernatural angle, we talked about this, obviously, go back and listen to that Friday the 13th episode, but the uh, the angle that we took with the uh, with the powers, the, the special powers, the way that she can use the telekinesis and battling Jason that way, some some feel like that was like a jumping the shark type moment. Carrie, this is a Carrie dead man Jason. who's coming back to life to kill people. You're, we jumped the shark a long time ago, guys. Yeah. It doesn't matter at this point, man. It had Friday Seven had some moments, man. Like I really enjoyed them, uh, especially the scenes underwater, and you get to um, we see the guy go down in the water mm-hmm. early on, you know, in the yeah. flashbacks and stuff, and then he pops back up at the end and pulls Jason. Up. Dude, like there's so much going on in this movie. Jason kills Velma after <laughs> she loses her earring or glasses or whatever. <laughs> Hey, I hated Friday Seven until three months ago. How really? dare you? And I'm coming around. So, uh, so again, different angle for me. This is the first movie I got to see in the theaters of Jason. Yeah. So, well, which and that's another thing too. Uh, Professor will always point out that uh, while uh, Jason Takes Manhattan may be awful, that was kind of our Jason. Yeah. Like that's that's like the film that we remember most. That's the one that that's the, the first yeah. The first one that most of us saw and the first one that made an impact, the first one we saw the marketing campaigns for, mm-hmm. which is a huge marketing that, campaign. The uh Jason and Times Square with the yeah with the, the wraparound. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the three sixty shot. Yeah. And like the iHeart New York. Yeah, yeah. With him ripping through and, it. I and, mean and that's I, big. I think with uh like bringing Beekler alone as as director and and actually, the the funny thing is, uh, Beekler the same year was also involved with Nightmare Four and Halloween Four. So, right. and one year he got He's to a do, busy man. yeah. Well, you know, Michael Myers, Freddy, Jason. But uh, to me, this is the first time Jason actually his look carried along too, mm-hmm. with with how he would have. Uh, you know, he was waterlogged. He's kind of more zombified. Were, were the other ones like? Um, and I love them, but I mean, six kind of six. Kinda well, two, two and three is basically the next day, but he looks completely different yeah, and, and right. a lot of them they, they changed him too much but even the mask like you know where the axe went in and four there's an axe mark and on the mask in, in this movie yeah, so right. totally yep absolutely so if we're gonna stay with the with big franchises this is our first uh this is jamie lloyd man yeah now, michael part halloween four, four. Halloween four. i jamie, mean kind of we get little daniel harris in this one man relaunching the franchise well and, and and bigger deal was you know people were angry after three yeah so so return of michael myers again uh i went and saw this first first halloween i got to see in the theater packed house 
Uh, everyone lost their mind over this movie. Funny that they talk shit about it now, but to me, that it still holds up to me. It's a great movie. Yeah, it is. I love four. Uh, I know that we all love three, but we can understand why people would have been pissed about three. I would have been angry at the time. Totally. Right, right. right. I would have I been in that boat, but yeah. it's same way with Friday Five. I like it now. If I would have saw it in the Friday theater Friday, when it yeah. came out, I could see the anger, but... Yeah. You know, you cry that you want something different, and they give it to you, and and you don't like that either. But right, so yeah, no, Halloween Four is great. It's great, and to keep on that that idea of like when you were introduced to it. Now I look back and I think Halloween Five is pretty terrible, but that was the first Halloween movie I saw, so it'll always have a special place in my heart. Wow. And so, and then like Four, obviously Four and Five tie together a lot more than you know other parts you know one and two tie together four and five tie together other than that continuity is kind of shit um so yeah so i mean four is so good and and i had no appreciation for halloween at all i think we talked a little bit about this before until i started hanging out with hot dot because mm. he was the one first person <clears throat> to go back through and show me one and explain things to me and like look this is a setup for this and i we watched it at my house when i lived in hose apple man like you know, at my mama's house, like it was so I had seen the sequels, but I didn't have that appreciation for the series. And so hanging out with this cat and four and five may have been my introduction to him. But now I've got the affinity for one. man. Well, and, and, and on a side note, part one is my favorite movie of all time. So, right. I did. I ended up doing a speech my senior year in high school in speech class. Because of this guy, I even borrowed his mask to do the speech. Well, and and I I think too with Halloween four, like uh like Nightmare Four is one of my favorite movies. Love it, but, but at that point, Freddy wasn't as scary. Michael Myers is terrifying in Halloween four. That that movie is actually pretty scary. Yeah, totally. So are we still on? Are we still on sequels? Because I do have an eighty eight movie that I have to bring up that we've talked about recently. Before this episode, it's it's worth mentioning. Uh, let's see. Let me look at the list. Uh, Fright Night Two. Not what I was going at, but go ahead. I don't. I don't have much of a memory of it. I remember seeing it, but I don't know. I don't associate this with '88 because it actually kind of got like uh, pushed aside and then brought out on video like early '90s to me. That's that's when I discovered it. I thought it was okay. The the first movie's outstanding. The second one's all right. Right on. Okay, Mad Chan, I am going to give you the go-ahead to lead us out of sequels. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 whoa, 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 I know there's still some good sequels on there, sir. Go ahead. Poltergeist 3. There you go. Poltergeist 3 might be my favorite of the franchise. I'm glad you said that. And and this the one where we get the This is the apartment building. Oh, okay. he's yeah, he's no, in yeah, two, yeah. but he's, he's two, really he's prominent in three. And it was the mirror. And people hate spice. on this. And and again, I think for me, three was the one I got to see in the theater. Um, I I grew up on the Poltergeist films, and then you know it's. I remember when Heather died, so and you know you kind of had to as a fan you experienced this, and then they released the film. Yeah. Um, to me, it was just a no brainer to go see it, and. I will say even then, it kind of felt like the ending was just kind of brought along and, and you know, learning now that there was actually other intentions until her death. Um, I have heard that the Scream Factory release of 3, and that comes out next month, 
has the alternate ending, so I'm excited to see that, whatever it is. Why not? Um, but I love three, and it, it also, um, I just went blank on her name, but. Uh, Heather Roark? No, Jack Nicholson's girlfriend from uh, Wayne's World. Real life girlfriend. Oh, oh. Now I've lost it. Booby McGee. She's uh, one of her first films. Asia Carrera? No. Tia Carrera. She's the one that flips over the car in Wayne's World. <laughs> Tia Carrera? <laughs> Laura Flamboyle. Laura Flamboyle, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, also <laughs> like uh, Nan- Nancy Allen, Tom Skerritt, like they yeah. were, they were. Tom Skerritt is so good in that movie. His mustache alone is, yeah. you know. <laughs> that movie's bomb. Like, I was never a huge Poltergeist 1 fan. Poltergeist 2 is kind of whack. 3? was a pleasant surprise for me. So. Alright. Mad Chan. Fine. Unless unless Hot Toddy wants to yeah, lay out any sequel. other sequel. Because we're staying on the train. Okay, well we're we're almost wrapping up, so uh we'll we'll do the uh the okay one and the best one for last, but Howling Four, uh the original nightmare, which um See I was I it's That's basically well, I you know, essentially it's a remake. It, it it it's not essentially it is a remake of part one. Right. Um, I do like it though. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I feel like uh, watching it now, and as as I'm saying this, I realize that there's some haters of the Howling at this table, which doesn't oh, doesn't make sense. <laughs> doesn't make sense because it's one of the greatest is werewolf movies ever. Well, I think I mean we both did a pretty good job of. Hate on the howling in front of Vinny. <laughs> no, Vinny hated it too. Oh, yeah. Wilson's the only supporter. Yeah, yeah no, Wilson right. is right on that one. Howling <laughs> is great, but uh, Howling Four, like, uh, it, it's kind of amusing that it's called the original Nightmare and it's just a remake, straight to video. Um, I remember enjoying it. That's that's the most I can say. But ending the list of sequels was Hellbound Hellraiser Two. Okay. Um, I have to say one of the best sequels of all time. It, it built off the first movie, didn't copy it, and it actually took you into hell, which I thought was awesome. Um, again, the unrated cut. So again, I guess '88 for me is the unrated stuff started coming out. Right. And it wasn't just a DVD menu with titties; it was actual footage cut from the film. Um, I don't know. Hellraiser two, one, one and two to me were just outstanding films. So. All right. Nothing to good to say about Hellraiser here. Uh, I'm not a fan of the first film, Boo. so I've never seen any of the sequels. Uh, Nicole, Nicole, and I—that's one of the things that we share. Love the love the Hellraiser movies. Doug Bradley comes out. We'll always one. have a boner Ashton for Clyde Barker back in that one. So, I, I it's not as fond for me as the first. I, I really like the first one, but I, you can talk to Nicole all day about it. She loves it. Uh, the ones I wanted to bring up because I know we're running, we run long, we run short. Uh, we can't get out of '88 without talking about Killer Clowns. Oh man, the Chiodo Brothers. The Chiodo Brothers. I know we did an episode. It yeah. was on, a, but since we're talking about '88, like I love, oh, love that movie. Perfect. Because if you look at this, the movies that we're going through, there's a perfect mix through the sequels and originals of camp. Yep. Of straight up horror. And they just and, and some of them mesh well. Like for some people, a doll that runs around and kills people isn't that scary for me. It was terrifying. The Chiodo brothers, the the design of the clowns, man, 
the clowns were hilarious, but some of them were downright frightening looking, man. I loved Killer Clowns. I, I know a lot of people that actually tell me they have a, like, that Killer Clowns to them wasn't funny. It actually terrified the shit out of them. Right. See, and I'm a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. But Killer Clowns is one of them. Go ahead. And let's be honest, Killer Clowns is another one that was a snapshot of 88. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when I think good, solid 80s horror fun, like horror comedies, yeah. Killer Clowns is there. Right. Because it, it, it looks like a 1980s horror comedy. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's a standard. Absolutely. Um, if we're going to get out of the 80s, or we're going through 88, uh, like I said, previously mentioned Serpent and the Rainbow. Oh, that was my next oh, one. Oh, man. Serpent and the Rainbow is just still so good it's it's that that's my nightmare yeah can i can i say that the marketing i i I can't think of when i first saw the movie i was terrified from the trailer because i knew it was something about voodoo which i didn't quite understand and they definitely they they had a boner of the based on a true story so i was just convinced that this was going to happen in small town richmond indiana (laughs) and i think i i've said it in that episode and i'll still that buried alive, be you know, like watching yourself be buried. Oh no, son, no. That is my that's my thing. No, son. Yeah. Like waking up inside a box. No, man. No, no, no. Not not even that. Or the fact that you're laying there, you can't move. You're trying to commute. You need to communicate to people that you're alive. No, son. Eighty eight killed it with that. I, I really enjoyed that. I, I keep hearing that there's like a three hour version that was originally. I don't know if that'll be good or bad to see. I don't see, know, man. But... Like, it's so tight. I mean, we talked about that on that episode. It's such a it, – it flows so well that, like – Yeah, sometimes sometimes things were meant to be cut for. Like, exactly. Like, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to be hated, but they extend a cut of Lord of the Rings. It's too much. Right on. So, I mean, you know, the three-hour Serpent in the Rainbow Get could out. make it a crappy movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I get it. I totally do. Right on. I totally do. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Serpent the Rainbow flows so well that if there was a longer version, I don't know if it'd be worth watching. I, I that's because where I think I, was it going cl- with I that. think it clocks in at like an hour forty, yeah, hour forty five. Like it's decent. It's least. not a short horror movie, and I think it's it's just I think it's impeccable. I think it's a great. So uh, should we move from Wes Craven to John Carpenter with uh, They Live? Well, hold on. Oh yeah. Hold on. I wanted to touch on something else with you. Okay. Well, we can move on to They Live. I was going to touch on Monkey Shines because you recently bought that poster. Well, I w- and you were we were saving George it. Romero. I was okay, going to. Okay. We had a. I wasn't sure because I know where where we're at on time. But go ahead. Yeah. They Live. Robert. I know I love this is. They Live. I know this is one of your obey it it might be my favorite carpenter film yep. i'm not positive i feel like if you haven't seen this movie rolling into 2017 you should watch this movie Man. no definitely oh yeah the rolling. way things roll back the way yeah. the way things repeat themselves the way oh, yeah, the way life happens oh, uh, obey and watch this movie bye <laughs> bye bye this movie it's got the um, best fight scene in any movie you're ever <laughs> man rowdy rowdy piper oh dude so quotable great great leading man for what he for what this movie is yeah like he had i mean he really came with that whole package in this movie came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass i'm almost out of bubble gum and it featured meg foster which came right out of 
No, I was a huge He Man fan, so I don't know that the movie was that great to me, but right. Uh, man, I need to rewatch it, but I think well, Masters of the Universe. I think looking back on the film, I think that it will hold up as a weird movie that had nothing to do with the cartoon. You could have just made the cartoon and been fine, but yeah. do, you, do you want to borrow my Blu-ray or my special edition Blu-ray or my super special edition? Yeah. Every, I, I any version one. of that movie, dude, I'm serious. Like, I'm I telling you, Masters I think of Masters of the Universe holds up in its own right. As a kid, <laughs> it didn't make sense. Like, who's who's Odo? Wildor. Wildor, yeah. Odo was the one from the cartoon. No, uh, wasn't it? Well, Orko. No. Orko. 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 Orko was the... The late. floating magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, what Wildor is that his name? Wildor. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what is Wildor? There's so much in the movie that had nothing <laughs> to do with the cartoon. Share. I was gonna share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, uh, looking back as like a quirky '80s movie, it's I think it's perfect. Well, it's, oh, man, it was Frank part of the Langella. canon lineup, so right. Oh, and Frank Langella killed it. A yeah. Skeletor. Oh, oh yeah, so I know good. that's not '88, but I'm just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, Side so, note. Yeah. So, Meg Foster, but Meg Foster is bomb in that movie. Yeah. Bomb. In that so, uh, moving from Carpenter then to George Romero oh, with yeah, Monkey sorry. Shines. I wasn't sure we were getting there, but you just recently, we were at that we, convention, we, the last convention we attended. He bought an original Monkey Shines one sheet. I'm telling you, I have a boner for 88. <laughs> I'm telling you. And, and, and my living room alone is like Elvira and Elvira. Part four. Yeah, there was a. Work. I'm sorry. Just I was gonna Nightmare Four, Waxwork, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like I don't, I didn't, I don't think I intentionally bought all these posters thinking like 1988, but oh, your your living room definitely looks like 1988. It does. Child's play's hanging up there. Like he's got them, dude. They're there. Nintendo featured right out. (laughs) Nice. Um, Monkey Shines was kind of a a strange horror film, but uh. It's definitely unique. The you know, pretty physically fit man who kind of like worshipped his body and then is in a in a wreck. Car hits him and is paralyzed from the waist down. Fucked up as it is, what I remember from this movie is that he basically is paralyzed and so the, the hot nurse sets on his face. <laughs> That's what I remember from this movie. And that the monkey's jealous. At, uh, at 10 years old. That's what, that's what you take from this film. You know, and 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 that new movie, it's the uh, here because Todd me, is gay. <laughs> it, it is, and then you know, me before you, I expected the same scene. I'm like, so he's paralyzed from the waist down, set on his face. And I think what sold out Monkey Shines was it's it's so simplistic, like the the posters, just uh the little monkey with the symbols, yeah. But man, it, it sold it. Creeped me out. Those well, those are scary, monkeys. anyways. Yeah. So it sold it. Um, I I think a movie, and and a lot of people have not seen this movie, which I think is sad. But Bad Dreams. Oh, Never seen Jennifer it. Rubens. Yeah, Jennifer Rubens. It was it was to me. Um, I remember the marketing quite a bit, but uh, to me, they were trying to push another Freddy. Um, you know, she was coming out of Nightmare Three, but um, I just went blank on his name. It's Bruce Abbott. Oh wait, I'm sorry. You talking about from the movie Bruce Abbott? I thought that's yeah. Well, I mean, it does feature the hot Bruce Abbott and uh, Dean Cameron. Yeah, and uh, Richard Lynch was. In yeah, Richard movie. Lynch is the bad guy. Yep. Um, man, this this movie's so awesome. It's actually uh 
kind of like a Jim Jones situation, which, you know, shout out to Richmond, Indiana, Whoa. Jim Jones. Uh, but Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Rubin's a survivor of a, of a cult massacre. She's been in a coma for a decade. And uh, when she wakes up, she actually starts seeing the dead cult leader who wow. burned up in the fire along with everybody else. Oh, popcorn. That's not popcorn, no. <laughs> uh, but but bad bad dreams. Uh, it's it's actually like like it hangs dong in a way you don't want to see. Uh, it just involves a penis and a fan, yeah, no, and that's debatable. Uh, I don't know. It's it's really gross, twisted ending. Like if you haven't seen this movie, you should definitely watch it. I will. That is interesting. Yes. What I saw on the list. Have you guys ever seen Hobgoblins? No, I, I I always want to watch it. I've never seen. I had it on mine too. Never oh, seen really? Hobgoblin. I've never seen Hobgoblin. I never have either. I've I seen every know. other Gremlins ripoff, but right. I heard it was just another Gremlins, Critters, Ghoulies. We we did leave Ghoulies two off this list too for some reason, but that was also eighty eight. Really, I didn't Ghoulies see it on two. Here. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ghoulies two didn't make my list. I don't. Well, I don't, I'm not saying it shouldn't have. I'm just saying it did. For some reason. Which Ghoulies 2 is, the, in my opinion, the best in the series. No. no. So Ghoulies 2 is way better than Ghoulies 1. I'll give you that every day. Don't tell me Ghoulies go to college. Yes, that is easily (laughs) the best one. What the fuck? Easily the best one. (laughs) And I think uh, um, uh, Bob, uh, who directed that one? Ah, crap. Anyways, no. No, Ghoulies 2 is great. It uh, it's it, it's it's an honorable mention, uh, but uh, Ghoulies Three is where my heart is. It's no. <laughs> where my heart is. So, um, go ahead. Little film that we reviewed, uh, Ghost Town. I'm still I'm still not in Ghost Town. Still not. It had a good box. Oh, the oh, cover the, art. The, the, the skeleton. <laughs> that <with> cover <laughs> art is phenomenal. And that's the thing. Like we talked about earlier, the cover art's one of the things that would suck you in. I just, I'm still not in it. They did a they did a legit release of that, man. Since we've done that right. show, it's got a legit release now. Uh, I'll say I'll say another film from 88. Great, great fucking box is The Nest. Yes, Which, another great cover. If you read really closely, though, it tells you that like what's on the box isn't really what the movie's about. <laughs> I, I definitely thought it was a giant cockroach the size of the woman, but see, and that's what that's it what is a killer cro- cockroach movie. So at least it has that going. Right. P.S. Beekler directed Ghoulies Three. Right. Right. But no, I've never, I've never seen The Nest. Um, I, but I do remember that box, man. It's got the. It's got the girl kind of bent backwards and the uh, the big roach looking, the big bug on top of her eating her. Yeah, I remember that, man. And like you said earlier, Grizz, like the boxes, I remember some of the boxes so vividly, man. And that was one of the things, man. I don't know why. That another another great video box. Um, and oddly, I don't know why I like this movie so much because, again, little gay kid, but lots of titties was cheerleader camp. <laughs> Which is essentially Friday the Thirteenth or Sleepaway Camp right. with a cheerleader camp, but um, huh. the box sold me on it. It's it's like a cheerleader skeleton. Yeah, yeah, she's like jumping. She's got the under boob coming out. I remember that man. And and I can't. I I just remember there's a killer and there's titties. A, that's give me an I, give me an L. Give I think that's L. pretty much the plot of the movie. <laughs> but I remember enjoying it as a kid for some reason. 
Leave Garrett's in that movie, and so is Betsy Russell. Let's see, that's more than I remember. <laughs> right on. Uh, another Hollywood chainsaw hookers. Hollywood ch- Another, Linnea, 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 Linnea uh, can never go wrong. Along yeah. with uh, Gunnar Hansen? No, no, no. Uh, her other movie that year, uh, Babes in the Signball Bowl of Rama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was also 88. Yeah. But yeah, and Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers was directed by Fred Olin Ray. And, I mean. Heart, Heart of Midnight, I guess I didn't realize that came out in 88 because that was another one that got hung up. That's Jennifer Jason Lee, right? Um, Lisa Bonet. Heart of Midnight from Cosby. Am I thinking of the same one? I remember mean, until I. Maybe that's why I'm thinking of the one from the '90s. P.S. Her name is Lisa Bonnet. <laughs> that's how you pronounce it. That's not. That's not. Shade. Uh, that's Heart Sadie. Heart of Midnight is Jennifer Jason Lee, Steve Buscemi, Frank Stallone. Oh, then I've never seen this movie. <laughs> I've. What am I thinking of? I don't know. But what was the one with De Niro where he's like the devil in New Orleans? Oh, uh, Goodfellas. <laughs> no. <laughs> said, no. Oh, my bad. Uh, it was uh, Godfather 2. De Niro, where he's the what? <laughs> I think it had Mickey Rourke, Titties, and Lisa Bonet. <laughs> was that not Heart of Midnight? <laughs> no. That's... It had a heart in it, goddammit. Oh, that's, oh, gosh. It's uh, Angel Heart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or am I thinking it? Was that the Angel the series? Mickey Rourke, Robert De Niro, Lisa Bonet. All right. Yes. Wrong Angel movie. Heart. My bad. Angel Heart. Good call, man. Good call. <laughs> Good pull. That was uh, King of Comedy, right? That was King of Comedy. <laughs> All right. Well, hold on. I got to get into this now. Angel Heart, 1987. One year oh, off. Oh, there yeah. you go. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, let's let's start wrapping this thing up here. All right, sort of. I was going to say there's there's a few weird like like again, uh, really weird movie that I finally ever got to see was Lair of the White Worm. I'd never even seen the it. main appeal of it was again, Fango had uh, always featured like the weird snake woman, so it was a must see. None of the video stores would carry the movie. After finally watching it, I guess it's because uh, it's it's really Irish, so I guess. You know, from where we're from, that was too much of a of a foreign film. Right. You know, they're not speaking proper English. That wasn't, uh, no. Um, Hugh that... Grant is in it. Oh, no, that's not. That's not. I was thinking. It's actually, uh, Lair of the White Worm is based off of a story from Bram Stoker. Okay. Um, it's nice. actually getting a cool uh, Vestron release, uh, I believe, in January. Nice. So, it's worth checking out. It's a strange movie. There was a film uh, called The Witch Who Came From the Sea, and I I think it came out under some different titles. Sure, well. Little Mermaid 2. <laughs> yeah, but I thought this isn't it. So. Uh, a few more. Uh, Scarecrows, kind of pretty much what it, it uh-huh. talks about, Scarecrows. Oh, uh, God. The Unholy. Right. Uh, better, better trailer and poster than the movie actually was. Um, uh, for me, Maniac Cop. I was saving Maniac Cop for Bill Luster. Right that's a that's a that's a staple. I've never seen it. It was written by the great Larry Cohen. I, I, we always bring him up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Did, um, Lust, did Lustig direct that? Yeah, Lustig directed it, and Robert Zadar plays uh, yeah. plays the Maniac Cop. I oh, we've got it. a Shaft is in it. Richard Roundtree's in it. Um, it's also got our boy Tommy Atkins. And uh, yeah, I really. I hear I, really the, I, I hear that I have to see Maniac Cop one and two. 
I, I actually I liked all three. Two's probably the best in the series. Yeah. For me. Um another film 88, never seen it. I own this movie. Is Cellar Dweller? Never watched it, man. So kind of skip over that one, I guess. Um, it pretty much takes it down to just uh movie I I loved as a kid and I, I realize it's a turd now was Watchers. Oh with with AIM. Corey Boy, Haim, um, Mark, is it Mark, um, who's um, the Beastmaster? Oh, man, uh, Singer? Oh, man, what was his name? And it's a, it's based off the books from Dean Coots, who has not had a really proper movie of any of his, any of his stories, to be honest. Right. They've all kind of been low budget. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a weird experiment where it's a dog and a, a weird beast, or are they twins, or connectedly combined, or... They switch bodies on Friday or something like that. It was really strange. Uh, Michael Ironside's in that movie. Ooh, love that Michael Ironside. Ironside, I love uh, Ironside. Witchcraft uh, came out in '88. Yep. Cool twist. I remember that Linda Blair. Never seen. And then there was like Witchcraft '37. I think is where they've ended it on. If you kept up with them, they got. I think after two, they just there was titties and unrated and. A pentagram. Witchcraft had Linda Blair? Yeah. I thought Witchery had Linda Blair. I think she was in both. Because Hasselhoff is in uh, is in that one. Mm. I remember that one, too. You guys remember Witchery? Nope. Yeah, I just remember weird. Um, Dead Dead Heat, which I, I vaguely remember, but... uh, Was it Piscopo that was in that one? I think so. Joe Piscopo... He was a, it was a weird it was a buddy cop movie but his partner's dead was the twist. <laughs> you sure it's not Red Heat? No, that's the Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, that, that was where Schwarzenegger was dead. Lucy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Piscopo and uh, Treat Williams, and then Vincent Price makes. And then on, on my list that I kind of been skipping around because it's it's another movie I hadn't seen, but it's a great fucking movie. Is Prison? Kane Hodder, John Beekler. Kane Hodder did the stunts. Um, is Vigo now? Yeah, Vigo Mortensen is the star. Oh, wow. John Beekler directed. Uh, or did the special effects? I'm he sorry. did special effects. I believe oh, it was Rennie Harlan. Harlan directed. Yes, Harlan because he did. Uh, he did that and. Um, yeah, Nightmare, Nightmare Four. 4 it, it, the movie scene yeah. in Nightmare Four, you can see the prison poster. Right. As a as a little nod. Cool. Um, it's actually really, really. It it even has like a really good. Uh, I don't know that they it cost a lot to make, but it looked like it did. And for some reason, this movie just got pushed under the radar. So it's it's definitely an awesome one to check out. That was an early on screen factory release, wasn't it? Yeah. Like they made sure they put that out real quick. Mm. Anything you want to add, Chris? Covered all that I need to cover for this episode. <laughs> and that's the thing we can sit here and just and this is that kind of episode where you just throw names out there. It's like, oh, I saw that or I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, I gotta be honest, a lot of these last ones, man, I haven't seen or I've barely seen or I barely remember because I like I think we talked about before I was more of that mainstream kid. Yeah. Same you know, here. like Freddy's and Jason's and things like that. And uh Pumpkinhead, Monkey Shines, not so much. I've seen that I've seen that way later. We bring a pro like Tom. Yeah, well, that's what we do. We bring Hot Toddy yeah. in here. Who literally could talk us under the table with, with movies from that era? Because he lived it, man. He was in the video stores. He worked in the video stores from fuck that tall, man. Like a young kid, he worked in the video stores. And he's been going nonstop ever since. Right on. 
To all you pirates, killed the video stores. <laughs> we hate you. Video killed the video store. That's not true. No. I made that up. You did bad, made that up. Bad. Don't turn into Adam Green. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> wrapping up this episode of 1988, uh, Hot Toddy has dropped some wicked knowledge on us. Yeah, wicked and cool kid. All you kids out there who don't know what's up. Toddy knows what's up. It's because I was doing crack and watching movies. That's right. <laughs> and not voting for George H.W. Bush. I'll tell you that right now. Right now. Wrapping up this episode for the Midwest Monsters podcast. I am one of your hosts. I'm Grizzly Adler and I'm joined by... Matt And Hot Toddy. Hot Toddy. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks for sticking with us. And just remember our friends, stay scary. Bye, man. Go get me a hot